everybody. Welcome to the Socialist Agenda. I'm my name is JV, and once again, I'm joined by the one and only John, the Canadian commie. John, how are you today? I'm doing well today, JV. How are you doing these days, John? It is pretty good in my world. Uh, I'm currently in internet beef that I didn't want to be a part of, but apparently, I've started internet beef that I didn't do. So, uh, just quickly off the top there. Um, I made a video essentially roasting an anti-vaxxer as I as I do on my TikTok. That, that's my content. Yeah. And uh, uh, in said video, I, I in the video he made where I was responding to him, you could hear his children, and I basically just said in the video that I'm concerned for his children. Um, that set him off. Of and he made a video about me. Uh, it got taken down for community guideline violations for bullying and harassment. He made a second video. Uh, it also got taken down for community guideline violations. And then he made a third video, which also got taken down for community guideline violations. This so, guy's not figuring it out, right? Like, not- he, he just can't seem to... And I didn't report any of it. Like, it's not anything I did. Like, I didn't no. even know what was happening until I woke up this morning. Right? I'm like, oh, what? what is this? Right? Followers. Your followers are... are they got your back, JB. Yeah. Uh, apparently. Apparently. I didn't even see the videos in question, so I don't even know what they said. So I don't... And I, I don't know. It's just funny. It's just classic internet drama that I didn't want that... Um, that, well, that seems you, to if happen. If you don't have internet drama, then are you really doing it right? Participating? <laughs> That, that's that's very true but it, it's just a funny little story that's like because he's trying to tell me i'm like a, a pissed off liberal snowflakes so like i debated making a video but i'm not going to you are not but i thought a pissed off liberal snowflake you are a pissed off socialist snowflake thank you exactly yeah and i melt in like i melt in plus one degree temperatures like i'm a very delicate snowflake yes but, speaking of melting in hot temperatures yeah. That's that's a great segue, actually, into our main topic today. But just quickly, we wanted to make a quick correction from the last episode that that we did. Um, At the time of editing, I noticed that we uh, said that there was only 300 and uh, I think 15 bodies uh, found at residential schools. Uh, We recorded that before the actual uh, discovery at the recent one in Saskatchewan, which now brings the total over 1,300. And so this is really pushing people on this uh, cancel Canada Day uh, yep. um, meme that's kind of taken over very quickly. And I'm actually uh, I, I rather like this cancel Canada Day idea. I hope it continues. I hope every year that we have kind of a cycle back around on it, because it would be yeah. nice if, if we stopped treating Canada Day as like big explosions and and military planes flying overhead and and yeah God bless celebrating what what are we exactly. celebrating and, and instead if we if we if we all took canada day as a moment of reflection as a moment to kind of yeah ask ourselves these questions of like what is canada day like what are we celebrating what what is it that we want our society to look like uh, uh yeah yeah, that that's what I would love to see happen to Canada Day, and of course, uh, uh, the far right is going to do everything they can to prevent that from occurring. So we've got to keep pushing. Well, forward. not just the far right, but the centrists, right? In my TikTok lives, for instance, I have quite a bit of people that don't necessarily fully agree with my my left political views, which is fine. But they're not they're not uncivil in my chat, so I they they're allowed to hang out, right? I don't care, and uh, they are even. When I said I think I want an international review done of this residential school thing, because the lead investigator can't be the one who committed the crimes, right? You can't do that. It needs to be something third party. And uh, they did not like that. And they're centrists, right? So I think uh, we need to, this needs to be a deeper discussion someday. Yeah. Well, and it is going to be an ongoing. I mean, as we're talking about, like, uh, a correction to the amount of uh, bodies that we found, like, this is only, what, the second or third site? Maybe maybe, maybe, yeah. I think maybe five sites altogether. Like, there's there's hundreds of these sites. Like, we, we're going to be doing this, like, this time next year, we're still going to be finding these sites. So, yeah. it's going to be... Well, they've been saying it for years, right? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I mean, I'm not... I'm not, we're not celebrating Canada Day this year in this house. We've got our orange shirts. We bought it from an indigenous seller in Kensington Market. Like we, we're supporting this this movement this year because I agree with it. It, it just makes the most sense. It, we we 
why would we i gotta work for one thing so that's one thing but other than that uh it's not something to celebrate this year like i don't feel proud to sit there wearing my red and white as i normally would do and celebrate yeah. this country well and I mean, it really does not turn around like uh uh, uh like if 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 my father died on my birthday i probably wouldn't celebrate my birthday it's it's that yeah that's a very good point but uh that's the correction that we just needed to make just because i felt like Mm. we needed to do it um but back to the original point of that segue that was so perfect actually um well uh, i'm a professional damn it (laughs) (laughs) but we have been experiencing some record-breaking temperatures uh, here in canada and specifically on the west coast in bc uh and i i have to be friendly to our american friends the washington and oregon states have also been experiencing said heat the heat doesn't start at the border uh they've also been experiencing heat um there has been now, I think the last update I saw last night, something around 63 deaths from this heat wave. Um, the thing to to consider here is you look at the temperatures, like 40, 45, 47 degrees. Yeah. And as an Ontarian, we scratch our head and goes, that's not that hot because we experience that most summers, right? We have a couple heat waves that get that hot. Uh, but the problem with Vancouver and that area is they're not built for said heat. They they don't typically experience heat of that caliber, let alone humid heat of that caliber. So literal um, infrastructures are starting to crumble around them. Um, a good video that I saw on TikTok was a ground worker at Vancouver Airport um, that that was literally looking like she was about to pass out lifting these bags into airplanes, like somebody was shooting from the airplane, right? And the air, the the airport itself isn't built for air conditioning for their staff because it's usually so timidly warm, right? Like in the summer, it doesn't get that humid, right? But they aren't even built for it. Yeah. So that's what's kind of going on. And the discussion we wanted to have today was was about climate change because we haven't really discussed climate change on this show. Because now we're 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 at a, at a we're at a place now where the the warning phase is over, right? We've been warning everybody for decades now. Like uh, uh, Al Gore came out with uh, the inconvenient truth back in like to, to two thousand and like two thousand and one, I think, or two thousand. Yeah, whatever around uh, there. Yeah. Uh, and and since then, I know that the millennials and I I myself have been. You know, we've been pounding on this drum this whole time and, and we've been pushing forward on it. And we went through the whole uh, environmental movement where the capitalists kind of co-opted this and pretended as though they gave a shit when they didn't at all. Uh, and now we're, we're no longer in the uh, we're no longer in the warning phase. We are now dealing with consequences. We are in the consequence phase of this. And the, yeah. the, this heat wave, because. This is something I've been talking about on my channel a lot recently, which is that, uh, so you think about a heat wave and and the people who don't really know anything about climate change or they don't really care to know anything about climate change, they look at it and they go like, oh, it's a heat wave. It's like an isolated incident to them. But it's like, no, the heat, uh, uh, the excess heat that's happening on the West Coast is going to expand the deserts that exist on the West, uh, in the West, right? by a great deal and it's going to happen more rapidly and what is that going what is the heat doing it's sucking moisture out of the out of the earth right it's sucking moisture out of the earth and putting it into the atmosphere and where is that going to dump it's going to dump down in a gigantic hurricane on the east coast right yeah you're going to have well it would would actually spread into the pacific and cause a hurricane in the pacific ocean going the other way uh, uh sure but i mean we know that as climate change goes forward that the hurricanes that come along on the east coast are going to get larger and more oh, oh, yeah there's no doubt and for there's this no doubt. reason right because the moisture that exists in the soil and in the in the ground itself also combined with the moisture that's coming off of like antarctica and and the arctic itself uh are adding more ferocity it's it's giving these hurricanes more to work with basically and yeah you're, you're going to see places like miami new york 
right? These places are going to end up uh, being underwater. And it's a hundred, and these heat waves are are one hundred percent going to be a part of augmenting and increasing uh, uh, the reality of this. For sure. For sure, and I think it's also from a societal standpoint. The natural disaster thing is a very important part of that conversation. But when literal infrastructure and your normal day to day is crumbling, then that's starting to get into the public's mind, right? Like these videos that are coming out of people having to buy kiddie pools because capitalism can't keep up with the yeah. amount of air conditioners it needs to in an, in an area that didn't need air conditioners. It's, yeah. it's that kind of stuff that I think is really going to stick with people like natural disasters. Don't get me wrong. It, it's the, it's the important part of the conversation because that's the direct outcome, but people don't care. Cause as you said, to your point earlier, they, they like, well, it's not affecting me. So why does it matter? That's what somebody in Miami is going to say right now. Maybe not Miami, but maybe somewhere in, in inland, uh, well, inland in the North America or somewhere in Europe. Or something. In Miami. I mean, Miami is in Florida after all. <laughs> yeah. Not Florida. But, but the knock-on effect is real. But what's really going to stick with people in these heat waves, one is the, the abnormality of it. Right, the the fact that Vancouver and and Seattle and these two amazing cities are not built for this, yeah. and they never have been built for this because they never needed to be. Right, yeah. so that's now there's literal infrastructure changes that cities are going to have to start planning for. Uh, yeah. The power grid needs to be adjusted to handle all these extra air conditioners that yeah. are going to need to be purchased. Like. Well, there's this there's a societal knock-on effect too it gets nice. into a cycle though it gets into a circle right like so you're gonna uh, uh need more air conditioners so that means you're gonna do what burn more fossil fuels yeah put more carbon into the atmosphere which is going to create larger climate change issues which is going to uh, i guess we'll burn more fossil fuels to get more air conditioners i suppose right like so well the greenhouse gas emissions from making an air conditioner the freon and all the chemicals that, that go into making an air conditioner um it, it's the other thing that's kind of interesting too that i've seen from this heat wave is the the actual abnormalities in the heat wave itself you'll have a region that is you know 45 50 degrees celsius let's use fahrenheit because i'm speaking about american here in a second so for instance uh uh sacramento california re recorded a record heat right they recorded something ridiculous like 115 degrees celsius or 115 degrees fahrenheit right, right? san francisco reported a record low at 60 degrees like and that's still in california it it's there's abnormalities in itself because the that area is confused it doesn't know like the climate doesn't know what to do right now yeah. it, it's 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 insane that yeah. You can have something that's about a couple hours drive away and have such a drastic change in temperature. It's it's just astonishing to me. Yeah, that... and and as this gets like as this expands and as this gets more confusing uh, uh, and as it gets more obvious, because it is going to get more obvious that our inaction on this and our unwillingness to actually respect the laws of nature and respect what's going on. Uh, like our our leadership is going to act the same way that it acted in regards to COVID, right? It's going to look at poor people and it's going to be like, well, I guess you guys just die, right? That's fine. Mm -hmm. uh, and the wealthy are just going to retreat into their gated communities uh, and and uh, uh, use their wealth and prestige in order to uh, separate themselves even further from the natural world, right? And to pretend as though, uh, oh, we we can just continue acting this way. Uh, and it's it's like I, I think about like what is going to happen uh, when and it's not an if anymore when a hurricane system comes through and there's this massive storm that occurs and uh, the sea levels actually do rise and we straight up like we lose the coasts they just yeah. go under like what is that what do we think that's going to look like for uh, how do we think that our leadership is actually going to react to this inevitability that's going to happen sooner than we'd like? Uh, do we think that they're actually going to attempt to ameliorate the mass uh, dislocation and the suffering that is 100% going to come out of this? Or do we think that they're just going to uh, uh, plunge into straight fascism and just be like, well, 
we've got refugee camps now, uh, oh well, and move on with their lives. Which one of those do you think we're, we're, we're actually going to look at? Well, you know, if you look at something like Canada, the United States, or the European countries, these wealthy Western worlds, you know, when it affects them, and again, as you said, when is the real question, not if, uh, it's going to be news and it's going to be this big deal. It's like, oh my God, New York's underwater and all these New Yorkers are running inland because they their houses are underwater. That's going to be a big deal. Like that's, that's a world-breaking event, yeah. right? But little do they know, this is happening right now yeah. in a lot of Pacific, country, Pacific Islander countries. Tuvalu yeah. has moved its capital to a city in Fiji, I think. Some other country's island has generously gifted them that so that they could have a country still when yeah. they're underwater because Tuvalu is literally at sea level. Yeah. Like, and they're constantly getting more and more pushed underwater. And there's only 50-something thousand people that live in Tuvalu. It's tiny. But those are climate refugees. Yeah. Like, they are... It's happening now. Not five years from now. Not yeah. ten years from now. But nobody gives two shits about Tuvalu because exactly. they're poor and they, they live in the middle of the Pacific. And that's their fate, as the, the right will say, yeah. is just move. It's like, okay, well... Well, what are you, are you going to say that to millions of New Yorkers and millions of people from Miami that need to run inland because Florida is going underwater? Like, yeah. and like, like we we more, did this with Hurricane Katrina. Hurricane Katrina was a good shot. Of this right? Yeah. Hey, Hurricane Katrina hit, screwed up New Orleans yeah. bad. Yeah, and that was a bad. That was a significant natural disaster that costed billions of dollars. Yeah. But we don't talk about it anymore. Well, and, it's and, not in the... and New Orleans uh, with Hurricane Katrina is exactly the kind of case study, right? That, like, uh, if you recall, like, the people of New Orleans were largely abandoned for, like, yeah. long periods of time. That they're, they're, there's, they're like, poor. Well, exactly. Like, why, why would we spend the reason? It, it's, I, I think about, like, this uh, building that collapsed in Miami, right? We, we, we yeah. all know about this. Like, a building collapses in Miami, and now it's coming out more and more that they knew that the infrastructure was failing. There were people reporting about the cracking and all this kind of stuff. But like, if I'm a developer, right? Like if I'm a Miami developer, I'm not gonna retrofit or fix up this building. It's gonna be underwater soon and I know it, right? Like I'm, I, mm -hmm. I, I know this, if I'm a, a real estate agent, I'm aware, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not uh, messing around, I'm a professional. I know what's going to affect uh, my business on this coastline. And so somebody comes to me and says, hey, your building is going to fall over. I'm going to be like, yeah, so? Like, it's going to be underwater soon anyway. I'm not going to spend a single penny uh, uh, retrofitting any of these buildings or trying to fix them up because they're, they're already gone. Like, they're already gone. Yeah. And, and, and the response from the right is so childish and insipid. Like, your Ben Shapiro types are literally like, oh, well, when that happens, just sell your house and move. And like, there's no awareness whatsoever that like, who's going to buy this property? Like, yeah, I'm no, not going to buy it. No one's going to buy this property. You have to be an idiot to say this out loud. And he's and, and, and the right wing still says this. They still are just like, just sell your property and move. Like as, as if there's a bunch of people clamoring to, to pick up a, a property that is useless, that no one can actually use. Uh, uh, and, and yeah. this is the state of the discourse that we're that we're facing now that like and this is something that I've been saying on my channel more and more and more as I learn more and more and figure out more. Like, it's like we're children. It's like we're children that just never grew up that that we have like 60 year olds in the discourse like Rex Murphy and Jordan Peterson, who are just literally children but they never grew up and they, they, they've mm -hmm. never had to actually be an adult in their life. Uh, and now we have a problem that is going to require significant and serious adult decisions, but nobody is actually an adult. There's no actual right. adult in the room. So we're, we're just basically going to cry about it is, is what's going to happen. And, and, and it's, 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 it's hard to watch. It's hard to watch. It is. And the other thing that I worry about is, you know, cities like Toronto or cities like Pittsburgh, you know, these cities that are inland, right? Not on the coast of the ocean, yeah. uh, but we'll, we'll face the consequences on two, twofold. 
one, the people running inland, yeah. right, will have to go somewhere. Yeah. So where are they going to run to? Right, they're going to run to these inland cities. Um, the second thing is, you know, if you think back to the '60s and Hurricane Hazel, Hurricane Hazel fucked up Toronto bad. Yeah, because it, it hit the right spot on the eastern seaboard and had enough momentum to be a Category One hurricane by the time it hit, you know, Toronto. Right, and that that's that was in the '60s. Just think if a Category 5, and that wasn't a Category 5, but think of a large Category 5 hurricane hitting that exact same spot. Do you think Toronto will be able to survive a hurricane like that's Category 3 in nature? Yeah. No, it, we, we wouldn't have, we, we can't handle a heavy rainstorm on a Sunday, like, without flooding. <laughs> so, because we yeah. just, we're not built for that, right? Our city's not built and designed around that. And I'm, yeah. I'm just using Toronto as an example because I know it, but... You know, there's other cities that you can point to inland that, that aren't built for it. Because, like, we can talk about Miami, we can talk about Orlando and, and the, you know, South Carolina and uh, Georgia and all these. But the infrastructure down there is built to withstand a hurricane better than up here, right? But it's just going to be this point where people are going to run inland. And, you know, as you say, the Ben Shapiro types just say, sell your home. And then where are they going to go? Yeah. Right? Like, yeah okay cool you're say you happen to find a nut job that buys your house in the middle of a fucking climate yeah. emergency yeah. then where are you gonna go because because yeah. it's not like these houses are like popping up and em- well they are empty but like you see, we're, it's already, like, we're already in the midst of a housing crisis right there's already yeah. a housing crisis going on right now and suddenly we're going to have and and this is like this is completely predictable completely right in front of our faces. We've been saying it for decades. There is going to be massive, massive uh, emigration coming off of the coasts because of rising sea levels. Like we know that this is going to happen. Uh, And what are we doing about it? Not a thing, not a single thing. Uh, uh, I mean, you could point at like the carbon tax, you could point at the banning of straws or whatever, but like these are, this is, that's tokenism. As far as I'm concerned, yeah, we're not doing I mean, it's something that needs to get done, but like, it's that's a band aid fix right now. No, if they had been doing this stuff 20 years ago, I would have been like, okay, good, good start. But yeah, like, yeah. You know, like, that's like, that's like, uh, 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 turning on the garden hose after the house is already burned down. Like, it's like, <laughs> yeah, okay, thanks for coming, right? Like, thanks for showing yeah. up. You made, you, made, you made an effort, McDonald's getting rid of your plastic straws, like, woo, yeah. like, it's, it's just. Show. It's it's all PR, really. If you think yeah. about it, it's it's especially when a private company makes a stance. Like, if you're a private company and you've made the stance to help reduce your carbon footprint, great, good job. Here's your gold star for the day, right? Like you should have done that 30 years ago. Yeah, like, exactly. as you said, right? Exactly. But and the other thing on the company thing is when we talk about pollutants and who is who is the mass polluter you can point your fingers at governments and government uh you know this government produces this as much canada produces this as much but you got to remember the private companies are the ones that are producing this carbon in the first place and i saw a video in an article about uh on twitter about uh how something like a hunt these a list of 117 corporations are like admit like 95 percent of the world's pollutants Yep. And this isn't just all in China or all in the United States. It's all around the world, right? Yeah. Like it's these companies are multinational. That's the thing to point out is that it's a global system. I've seen plenty of people who are trying to pivot this conversation into a blame China sort of thing, as if we're mm-hmm. not the ones who are purchasing those goods, right? Like exactly. as if we're somehow disconnected from that. So it, it's, it's, a two, it's a two-way street, right? Like China makes these products... And then we buy the products. Well, and actually, and to bring up China, because I've been paying a lot of attention to what's coming out of China, uh, they recently, because of this Cold War nonsense, uh, they've recently uh, created a policy of separation from America, that this, this exact thing that we're talking about, the Chinese are steadily trying to wean themselves off of this. And one of the reasons is explicitly that they have come to see that this is not good for uh, the climate change issue, that building, like polluting and doing all this kind of stuff in order to sell garbage, basically, to the Americans, uh, it's not going to work out. And, and they, they're kind of positioning themselves to no longer need to be able to, to, to need to be doing that, which I think is a good thing. 
a touch late, but a good thing nonetheless. Well, I think these what these regimes that are are in place are going to slowly realize is that if you are one of the top pollutants, it's going to affect your people too. And yeah. this uh, this often comes up to me, uh, and I make this connection all the time on my TikTok live when people are like, you know, uh, oh, what what do they say? Something along the lines that. Um, why are why would the government want to reset the population we talk they talk about the great reset like this vaccine is killing everybody because of the great reset of 2030 and i always rebuttal it's like well why do you think governments would want to do that like they they need people to be in power they need their people happy they need their people content and in 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 a lot of um totalitarian situations they need their people to be complacent yeah. And when their people are literally overheating and dying and yeah. running away from the coastlines, because that just affects China just as much as it affects North America. Absolutely. The, the government's going to start noticing that because they, it's risking them. So killing them isn't the right choice because that's just going to piss people off. Yeah. So they need to start making policy changes that you know, shows that they're making a difference so that their people stop you know. Riding I, in the streets. <laughs> like, this is the thing is that I just don't think that like the ruling class of North America, like I, I have said over and over and over again, like, how is it that climate change is not considered a national security risk? Like if I'm a general, like if I'm a four star general in the Canadian military, right, or the American military, how is it that I am not constantly saying like this is a major national security risk? How is it that there are not like major high level military personnel uh, uh, putting forward plans and ideas and, and, and speaking to the public and speaking uh, uh, to the po political sector saying uh, climate change is a major national security risk. We need to be doing more to confront it. Uh, uh, and I really do think it comes back to kind of the phrase I was saying before, which is we're just a, a nation of children that never grew up. We've never actually had to be adults. We've never actually had to make adult decisions. And truthfully, at this stage in the game, uh, because any, any of this talk about like, oh, well, we should, we should do this or we should do that or do, all of that is, is uh, in my view, off the table, right? The, the planning phase is over. Like we, we had the planning phase and our plan turned out to be shrugging and doing fuck all. Uh, so now we're in a just like full stop. This is what we need to be yeah. doing. We just need to be doing nothing. We just need to stop doing stuff and, and, and right. straight up just, just like stop driving everywhere. Stop, uh, stop participating in this system that's obviously destroying us. Uh, and this idea that we can just like pivot and like go solar or any of this kind of stuff, that's fucking over. Like my, my, my yeah. advice to, to everyone and anyone who, who is actually listening to this, uh, we need to stop. Like we need to stop. Uh, uh, going to work, this this thing that's happening in the United States where they're like, uh, oh, we can't find workers. Yeah, of course you can't find workers because people are starting to put two and two together and they're starting to realize mm -hmm. that like, oh, we're tearing up the Amazon rainforest so that McDonald's can have burgers. Like, <laughs> that's how stupid we are. Like, that's how yeah. stupid we are. That we're literally destroying the one thing that we need above anything else to defeat this crisis so that we can literally get a fucking burger. Like, that's yeah. stupid. Well, it's the, the things I would like to, the points I would add on to that are that, um, did you see the interview with Anderson Cooper and David Attenborough by chance? No, I didn't have the opportunity. So it, it's a great interview. So if, if you know who David Attenborough is, I assume, oh, yeah. right? Oh, the, yeah. the, the nature guy yeah. uh anderson cooper asked him a question because the the topic of climate change came up and david atbro i would say while he's not uh a climate expert he's definitely very well educated yeah. on environment and climate and ecosystems close to the issue yeah he's very personally connected to the issue and anderson cooper asked do you think that the world is beyond repair at this point and david Attenborough said yes absolutely it's wow. beyond repair. It is because he sees it, right? He's the one who produces and directs these these nature documentaries. He sees the effects of this directly in his work. 
and he's seeing he's seeing so uh so i almost said solar systems ecosystems that are not stable as they were and seeing animals in different places than they never been before because animals themselves are confused right migratory creatures don't know what to do because they their normal flow of life is broken right now and he and he and anderson cooper asked something like uh who do you think's to blame for this? Like, who, who, how do we correct it? And David Attenborough says, well, everybody's to blame. Like, it's not a country. It's not a company. It's us as people. And that's been proven during the pandemic. Because remember in, like, April of last year, a, a bunch of climate scientists came out and said, hey, guys, these, these lockdowns are kind of being really, really good for our environment right now. Because people aren't flying everywhere. People aren't out and about. People aren't driving to work. And we are actually repairing our ozone in record levels that we haven't seen in, in three decades. Yeah, because the, the natural world, big, big, big shocker, the natural world wants to repair itself and knows how to do it, right? Like, it's done it seven times before. Like, all, literally all we have to do, all we have to do is stop, right? And, but, but we're so addicted. Like, I've, I've been, uh, uh, I've been, uh, let, let to, to kind of do a strange pivot on this issue, but I, I've been reading my Bible recently, and I'm a secularist, uh, but I still think it's worth reading this thing and thinking about things theologically, because uh, we pretend as though humans are the shit, right? We pretend as though humanity is like the thing that, and that, whoa, we're going to save ourselves or, or, or this, that, or the other thing. Uh, but the truth of it is that there are larger more important prevailing uh, forces that exist here on the earth, right? We, and we've boiled them into words like ecosystem or, or uh, these, these sort of like um, dead systems. But the truth of, uh, of it, to, like, to put it in theological terms, like this is what we have done. We have taken the bones of our ancestors out of the ground, we have distilled them into a liquid, uh, an elixir, if you like, that we've poured into our infernal machines to burn these bones of our ancestors in order to give us supernatural abilities. And then what are we using these supernatural abilities for? To fucking make burgers and like toys for little girls uh, uh, and, and like, to, to allow people to like fly all over the country so that they can sell garbage to each other. And, yeah. and, and, and all of this is being done in total defiance of uh, uh, the rules that definitely exist in the world in the first place. And so to state that theologically, uh, we have defied the will of God and we will pay for it unless we repent. And the only way we're going to repent at this point is if we literally stop, just stop doing this bullshit. Yeah. And it's the pandemic proved that. Yeah. Right. It, you know, when it's pretty good when scientists come out and say, hey, you know, this thing that we're doing because we don't want to kill each other with this deadly virus, uh, it's kind of working. Yeah. The, it's the thing we've been saying we need to do for a long time is it's it's a great thing for science because science has a big crown on their head right now to say we were right. And the earth. And when I say the seventh time, like, because we've been through mass extinctions before somewhere, you know, out of the earth's control, like a giant meteor hitting it, like that caused a mass extinction, but that was out of the earth's control, but the earth still figured that out. It was, it was a rough go for all the species that lived on the earth at that time. But it figured it out. The Earth will be fine. The Earth will figure this this one out too. I love it when people say like we need to save the Earth, and it's like that old George Carlin skit. Like the Earth is fine. Like the Earth is going to shake us off like a bad case of fleas. We we yeah. we're, we're the ones that are screwed. It's well exactly in these record breaking hurricanes. And let's turn the flip side because this is a common thing that you know, climate deniers will, will say, climate change deniers will say is that, well, how come it gets really cold in the winter? Because Earth is trying to get rid of us. It's trying everything it can do. Yeah. It's, 
It, it, it gets cold because of climate change. Yeah. Because, because it's it, too it's, hot. It's creating extreme weather, right? Like that, that they get caught up in the idea of like global warming. And so warming equals hot and like, it's, it, but, oh, it's snowing outside today. So how good is so much for global warming? And it's just, it's, it's like, to, to these guys, I'm literally just like, just tell me you're illiterate without telling me you're illiterate. Yeah. Like, tell, tell me you tell don't me. understand the basics yeah. of climate change, yeah. right? Or, like, and, like, and, if, and, and, if, and if you don't understand, like, this is the thing that kills me about this. Like, if you, it's fine not to understand. Like, nobody's asking everybody to know everything. But, like, if every single expert that has taken a look at the issue is coming out and saying, this is what I'm seeing and this is what should be done about it, maybe the smart decision would be to just listen to just accept mm -hmm. that reality exists and to listen to people who are experts and do what the experts say uh uh but we're not going to do that right that's not that's not how uh, uh westerners operate we're, we're we're very disconnected from uh the natural world we're very disconnected from reality generally uh we haven't grown up uh uh and no sign that we're going to grow up anytime soon. No, you're right. It's um, and this this conversation could apply for pretty much anything where science is involved. You know, yeah. I deal with anti-vaxxers every day, right? Yeah. These are these are the people I deal with, and it's the same thing, right? And I always I always joke around to them and say, look, you it just if you don't understand how vaccines work, just tell me. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll try my best to tell you how vaccines work, and that's why what I focus on my content is educating people about that. Now I'm not a doctor or scientist by any means, but I understand it. So I'm I'm gonna do everything I can to amplify their voice in a way that you can understand it, right? Because that's that's what I'm good at. I'm good at breaking it down and dumbing it down because I think that's what needs to happen. Because I don't when people look at scientists or or medical experts or whoever. Um, they just think, oh, you're just a big, big brain, smarty scientist. I'm just going to diminish you as a person and disagree with everything you say because I don't understand what what you're actually saying. Where logical people like you and I and others will go, okay, I don't understand what you're saying, so let me try to listen to you and ask questions about what you're saying so I can understand more. Like, and uh, this is the perfect example of this is like, if you ever have to explain to a young child what climate change is or what a vaccine is, like I had to explain to my my nieces and nephews the other day because I told them it's almost their turn to get the vaccine and they didn't know what a vaccine was. And I explained it to them in a way that was easy to understand. Right. And they're like, OK, cool. When can I get it? Where if I was the type of person to be like, I don't know what it is either. So I'm going to say all this fake information. The kids are also going to say that fake information. Yeah, exactly. And because kids are. Kids are always learning and kids are critical thinkers because they don't understand. It's when you become an adult and then you don't understand. You, you think you're stupid, so you actually fight it left and right. And that's the same thing with climate change, right? Well, it's, it's, there is something to be said about, like, there's, there's a breakdown of trust with institutions generally. So there's, there, like, you think about your QAnon people and all of this. Who, yeah. Um, and, this, and this issue gets really, really deep into, like, the human psyche that like humans do believe that they are the most powerful force in the world right that there is no force that stands above humanity uh, uh as, <laughs> as as somebody who calls himself a theologian uh i definitely look at that and and and, and give a little scoff and a laugh there are definitely forces that are more powerful than humanity and we need to humble our face of that but if you genuinely believe that humanity is the most powerful force, then you literally cannot accept uh, climate change as a threat. Because if you accept climate change as a threat, it means that there are, uh, there are forces that are more powerful than human, humans. Exactly. So you have to simply deny it uh, uh, by the course of your ideological belief system. That ideological belief being that, oh, we'll adapt to it, Right, we'll change. Everything will be fine. And while I'm standing here, the unrelenting sun will scour us from this planet. Like we yeah, will just the sun alone. Like we will not, we will not uh, adapt to. Uh, that's that's like telling me that. Uh, uh, oh, sure, my house can start on fire, but I can keep living in it. I'll just adapt to the fire. Right? Not gonna happen. Yeah. Like not going to happen, but 
but we, we have to delude ourselves this way uh, because we live in a capitalist society that first and foremost venerates humanity above everything else, that humans are God, essentially. And, and it's, we're going to pay a big, big, big price for it. Uh, uh, and, and, it could, and it could be a final price. Uh, it will be. I, I, think, I think climate change, and I think we are in the midst of the next mass extinction. Like, it's happening. Yeah. They, the Earth is trying to shake us off like a flea, you said. Yeah. And it's, it's just got a bad, she's just got a bad case of the fleas right now. Yeah. And, you know, the virus and the pandemic, I think, is also a really good indication that the Earth has a very good way of getting rid of us and getting rid of what's bad. Yeah. And there's, there's not really been a, a scientific connection linking the COVID pandemic to climate change directly. But I could see an argument that that, was, that would be true. Because, you know, the wrong animals touch to the wrong people, the wrong thing, and then it's spread to people. Yeah. That's, that could easily happen with the wrong migratory bird crosses the wrong frog's path, and then all of a sudden we have a new virus that we can't vaccinate against. Well, you've, got, you've got all right? these species that are interacting that have never interacted before, right? Exactly. That's, that's how these big, large-scale disasters occur. And the... Uh, uh, just the idea that we are going to sort of bear witness to the absurdity of all of this. Like, there is... Uh, it's kind of harrowing to say, but there is definitely a little part of me that's kind of just like, I wish the Earth would just get on with it. Like, <laughs> if you if you believe if you believe that the Earth is like we've been talking about, it as if the Earth is a sentient life form, and in in, in uh, and that's a big long conversation that we can have and all that kind of stuff. But if you if you contemplate uh, the Earth as a sentient life form and that it's dealing with humanity on it in a like conscious and sentient sort of way, well, it's giving us plenty of warnings. It's giving yeah. us plenty of signals. It's like sending little things at us saying like, hey, I can fucking wipe you out. Like this, stop thinking that I can't wipe you out. Like, of course I can wipe you out. Uh, uh, maybe you should stop acting this way, right? Maybe you should actually put two and two together and start to realize that like, uh, uh, we have to live in balance with our ego, with with our with our uh, 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 with the earth, and and we're just not. We're 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 literally like going to a buffet table and just eating all of the food, and then looking at the guy behind us who's got his plate uh, uh, and saying like, "Well, too bad for you," and then pretending, mm. "Oh, that's going to work." Like it's 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 like this self damning uh, 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 thing that we're doing and we and we can't seem to figure out like it, the, the idea of stopping the idea of no longer participating in this absurdist cycle that we're in is is uh, 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 that's more difficult to contemplate than uh, 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 I'm just completely botching how I'm saying this but like it's, it's no, no, that's good it's it's easier for us to just continue on this path of self-destruction than to simply say uh maybe not like maybe maybe fucking not yeah well and the, the frustrating thing too is with with science and with technology we have the ability to at least stop the bleeding immediately and we have the ability to ultimately assist the earth in repairing it and live together at the same time you know, we have very, very strong, powerful, renewable sources of energy available today. Like, we could do this now. And with the advancements of stuff like biofuel and other things like that, we have the ability to help reverse the course by, you know, taking our literal trash that we don't want and turning it into fuel to fuel our machines, to make better machines that are more environmentally friendly. Like, it just takes a focus change yeah. about where are we putting our time and effort. Do we need to make that shitty kid's toy that's going to be only thrown out in two years when the kid gets old and doesn't want it? 
No, but do we want to make better solar panels and better wind turbines that will help generate better, cleaner forms of electricity, thus limiting our needs for fuel? Yeah. Yeah, like that, good. Let's do that instead, right? Like it's, and I, that's why I'm at least a little thankful for some of the things in Canada. Like our, our I have this debate all the time on my live with with climate change deniers and and particularly people in the petro petroleum industry in Canada that you know what would Canada do without petroleum like it's it it's our power it's our everything and then i just dropped the statistic like something like 82% of our power generation is from renewable sources cuz we have a lot of hydro and we have a lot of wind and solar and they just it loses their mind but like no it's 16% because if you count energy like fuel burning for right. for heat but i'm not talking about heat i'm talking about power right so it, there's ways that we can offset a car, our carbon footprint and there's ways that each individual person can offset their carbon footprint and it just takes a it just takes a a, a like a change of how you do things slightly not even much just a slight change and you can make all the difference. Well, like um, I have to bring up, like I, I used to work at a toy store, and one of the abominations that existed, you wouldn't think you would find an abomination in a toy store, but uh, <laughs> LOL dolls. If you don't know what these LOL dolls are, right? Like literally we are talking about like a ball of plastic wrapped in plastic that has within it little bags of plastic that have uh, each individual bag has little plastic toys inside of it and the whole thing is just so that some little girl can go like oh which one did i get oh he he and then like play for it and, and it essentially is like a mcdonald's happy meal toy uh and uh it's like one of the number one selling toys that comes out of the toy store and when you act i always have imagined this little girl who was like 10 when she was buying these little lols growing up then hearing about climate change starting to put together like uh, uh how climate change actually works and then turning around and looking at all these lol and like just the realization of like oh like my parents were fucking stupid and mm -hmm. uh, and the idea that we are making these toys to essentially exploit the emotions of our children uh just to like have them go yay for like 30 seconds one day uh, uh is absolutely a capitalist abomination that it and that's yeah. one example of how we are literally exploiting the emotions of our own children in order to destroy them right that we are destroying them uh by selling them crap to pretend like they uh, uh that it's okay that they'll have like a little moment of joy when they're a child it's totally fine to destroy them when they're an adult that's an interesting way to actually look at it i never thought of it that way like i obviously knew that these like wasteful toys and plastics and stuff are, are bullshit we don't need it but to look at it like, hey, we buy this thing for our kid or we buy this thing for our own happiness. Let's take children out of it and just say our own physical happiness. And then it will burden us in the future because I have to eventually throw it out because I don't want it anymore. And yeah. it goes into a landfill and climate change does its thing at that point, right? So that's an interesting way to take it. I've never, never really explored it that way. That's interesting. Well, I mean, that, um, this is how to explore. Like, I mean, I, again, like, I always recommend to everybody, like, you want to you wanna get, like, a long view of how humans are? Start by reading your Bible and read it how you would read, like, Harry Potter, right? Don't read it like it's, like, literally Jesus. Really, <laughs> these things were literally happening. Read it like it's a story. Uh, uh, have a, a, a wider understanding. Um, and you'll start to realize, like, there are lots of stories, especially throughout the Old Testament, where, like, uh, God shows up and reminds humans, I can just fuck you guys up, right? Like, I can just fuck you up <laughs> if I want. Like, there's my favorite story in the whole book is the book of Job, right? And the story of Job is real straightforward. Uh, God and the devil have a bet. Uh, 
because Job is a man of God and the devil's like, he's only a man of God because he's successful, right? He has a family, he has a, a cattle ranch, he has all this kind of stuff. Let me go down and fuck him up. Uh, and then he won't be a man of God anymore. He'll, he'll, he'll turn away from you. And God's all like, sure, I'll take that bet, right? And so God allows the devil to completely destroy Job, murder his family, uh, infest him with boils, uh, uh, throw him out onto the street, and then Job's uh, friends show up and they essentially have a conversation about uh, individualism and, and uh, uh, oh, Job must have done something wrong. Like, uh, but like Job's like, no, I didn't do anything wrong. Uh, and then at the end of the book, uh, uh, Job and God have a direct conversation with one another. And it's the first time that Job actually says, uh, hey, this sucked. Like this, this really blew. Uh, I don't like what happened here, God. Uh, uh, why did you do this? How, how dare you? In that kind of way. And God's response literally was, uh, you're a little worm creature that I could destroy in a second. How dare you even speak to me? Uh, mm. And then Job goes, you're right, God, my bad. Uh, and they move on, and that's the end of the story. And it's this real, like, harrowing acceptance built into the story of Job, and it's, it's throughout the entire text of the Bible, that uh, we can get totally owned, like we can get totally owned, that the universe, uh, that God, that the forces that are around us, if, if we step out of line and start to believe that we are capable of steering the ship, uh, the forces of nature will wipe us out, and they, they won't feel bad about it. There's not going to be a single tear shed for humanity that we are just going to get wiped off the face of the planet and everyone will just move on. Yeah. When do you think that realization point is going to be for, for the majority of society? Like you and I have talked about it and we're aware it's like, hey, this is something we need to deal with. And we're not the only two individuals that are thinking this, right? There's a lot of people uh, in this world, mainly I would say leftists in this world, are saying, you know, hey, this is a problem. I want to deal with this. And as you and I being in our in our 30s, we're like, hey, we kind of want to have a future and we want to have a future for our younger generations and all this stuff. But no, the general population doesn't give two shits about climate change or they don't understand it. Well, they, they so, haven't been given the time to be to, to contemplate it like capitalism. Yeah. Right. So. So when is going to be that realization? Is it when that massive hurricane hits New York City? Is it yeah, when it literally will have to be like the coast is gone, like that's and 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 that like the the analogy that I'll use is, uh, you know, when you watch a Roadrunner cartoon and the coyote is going <laughs> Roadrunner, right, and the coyote uh, uh, runs right off the edge of the cliff and he's standing there and he looks at the camera, maybe he pulls out a little sign and then he starts to fall, yeah. right. Uh, that's when uh, people will realize that we've made a mistake. When we're over the cliff, we're already falling, uh, uh, and there's nothing to be done. And that will be the moment when people actually go, oh, uh, dang, I guess we should have listened to the, to the people who are telling us the truth about these situations. And, and my, my perspective, honestly, is that the population largely knows, right? Like the, the climate change rallies that occurred here uh, not that long ago here in Toronto, uh, like hundreds of thousands of people came to that. Like people yeah. know, right? People are, are are aware. We're just not willing or organized enough uh, to do what must be done, which is a full-scale rebellion. Like, uh, and when I say a full-scale rebellion, I mean in every single regard. Like, do not show up to work. Do not drive. Do not participate in any of this kind of stuff. Uh, uh, do not buy the crap. Don't d stop doing it. Just stop participating in every single regard. Uh, and there are people who are doing this. Like uh, uh, there's a story that comes out of the Exxon Mobile shareholders. Uh, the capitalists kept saying to us, like, well, if you really want to affect change, why don't you buy some shares and like vote? And so guess what? A ton of people did. They bought up a bunch of shares in Exxon Mobile and they bought up the <laughs> and they said, stop doing this. Stop. Stop right now. Uh, and, yeah. and they're demanding a, a, a hard turn away from this. Uh, but like, I live on a fairly busy street, right? It's a major corridor, K Kingston Road, right? Through, through Toronto. Yeah. Uh, uh, the amount of traffic that I see through there, I'm literally like, no, this is the end. 
And we need to end this by like hard mandate from the highest levels of government. We need to literally say, stay home, just stay fuck home uh, while we deal with this extreme crisis that is directly in front of us that we will ignore. Like, because again, we are children that refuse to grow up. Like we're we're not ready. And uh, and we're gonna pay pretty heavy consequences for it. Well, I think there's gonna be eggs on the face of those who do not actually do anything to change, right? It's it's when, you know, you use the roadrunner falling off the cliff and clip eh, cliff analogy. And I think that's the perfect way to actually describe it is, you know, the 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 roadrunner himself ran away from the boulder long before the boulder fell. Yeah. But the coyote was the one who got hit by the boulder. Yeah. Right? The you and I and the ones who are calling this out will be the ones running away from the boulder before it hits. But those who did not listen and do not care or the comp and if you want to talk more societally the the companies and corporations and governments for that matter that don't care or don't do anything about it are going to be the ones that are hit by that boulder that boulder might be a category five hurricane that we've never seen ever in our life that completely destroys one of the most populated cities in the world it's that's that's the boulder right that's the boulder Um, and and to use the analogy further right it's going to happen we're not focused on the danger we're focused on the roadrunner right yeah we have our own objective and that objective is to do capitalism uh, uh but it doesn't work right it simply doesn't work and uh i i i keep having capitalists will come into my stream my live stream 6 to 9 p.m right please show up to my live stream uh, got a plug got a plug, got a plug. Uh, uh, if you don't promote yourself the uh, uh <laughs> but uh, uh i have capitalists come in and the and I try to be kind to them. I try to be nice to them. I'm not trying to, to denigrate them. I'm trying to have them understand. I'm trying to create a conversation with them. Uh, but the thing that I've really come to notice about these capitalists is that they really only understand uh, what's directly in front of them, right? And, and I mean like directly in front of them, uh, uh, like I see out of my eyes, I, I work in this business. And, and they, they do not have in their mindset or their work, even a little bit, uh, any kind of larger system thinking that, uh, that yeah. they do not even slightly understand uh, how the system that they operate in even works. All they understand is I work hard and I make money. And so I'm a good person. And that's literally that's they're brainwashed. They're, yeah. Well, and, and it's, but it's not even. It's not even like brainwash. It's just like they 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 have never grown up. That they have just like gone forward, put their head down, ground into a system uh, uh, that says to them, "Well, if you work hard, you get rewarded." And occasionally, it does happen where they work uh-huh. hard and they do get rewarded. And so they're looking around, going, "Well, what's what's the problem? Work hard, get rewarded, right?" They don't realize that they're like the one out of a hundred case that actually happens with uh and well, so there's actually sorry to interrupt but there's actually a tiktok trend right now of that where because tiktok is surprisingly socialist like they're so left-wing and it's amazing that they are well, uh but people are like most people are yeah. the socialism is that we're disorganized that's the problem yeah but there's this sound that's going around it's like if you try hard and work your hardest like it's like a guy giving a speech right like you try hard you work your hardest and then he whispers into the mic and maybe a little bit of luck you will succeed at what you do because that's what capitalism is you work your ass off for 50 years at a job and maybe if you're lucky you'll get promoted to the point where you're making a lot of money maybe Maybe. but not guaranteed yeah and it's definitely not a guarantee where if we just guaranteed people with unions and pay raises and all that stuff anyways, then we wouldn't have this problem. But you know, like a basic income even. Like, uh, we, we... Yeah, well, well, not just that, but just also give workers the rights to negotiate their salaries with instead of the business themselves dictating what the salary is. Yeah, um, maybe give workers the means of production, right? Maybe, maybe allow yeah. them to actually have control over what actually happens at these facilities in the first place. 
and you know share the profits with the workers hey you made a lot of money as a company this year here's some money guys thanks for your hard work also yeah. pay them the pay them what they're worth right pay them what they're the job is worth but also hey we made a billion dollars in profit thanks guys here's here's let's divide this evenly among our employees because if i ever run a business which i won't but if i did uh that's the way i would do it right like if i got workers working for me hey thanks for making my business a huge success uh here you go right here's you know take take the next week off like something like that because if you if you actually take care of your employees the amount of things that come from it you, you're it's so much more productive right but we're getting off topic but, oh, yeah. um, i mean you just start talking about capitalism right because it, it's infected every right? and and it it, it should the uh, disaster befall like there there is going to be a major national conversation when sea levels rise right like the conversation that we're having now because of the heat wave is something is somewhat on the periphery right uh uh but it's still present, it's still part of the conversation. But when the sea levels actually go up to the levels uh, that we're talking about, where it's actually going to wipe out uh, coastal cities, uh, mm -hmm. there's going to be an enormous, massive outcry about this. And people like you and me are going to have to be positioned to, to say back to the people like, yeah, like we've been saying this for decades, we, we know. The question now is why did we allow it to happen? Right. Yeah. And, why, how do? Why did we get to this point in the first and, place? And and the answer to why did we allow this to happen is because capitalists don't give a fuck about us. Like they don't care yeah. about us at all. Like they literally, they are uh, like they are aware that there was this really interesting article. Uh, there was a, a futurist. I forget his name offhand. Uh, but he goes to uh, uh, speak to a bunch of billionaires. They invite a, a lecture. And he assumes that he's going to go talk to these guys about how to prevent climate change and how to prevent the climate crisis and all of this. Um, and so he, he has his speech and all that. And then they start asking him questions. And he says it's very obvious that these billionaires have no intention to prevent this climate catastrophe. Their interest is in how to maintain their power after, quote unquote, the event, as they call it. Uh, and they're asking questions like, uh, how do I ensure that I, there isn't a coup from my security forces? Uh, maybe I should uh, lock up the food supply with code that I have. Maybe I should put disciplinary collar security forces. This is literally what the billionaire class is saying. Uh, so anybody who's fooling themselves into thinking that Elon Musk is going to save us or any of this kind of shit, it has been duped by a sociopath class that is absolutely, absolutely going to abandon us uh, uh, when climate change uh, turns its head on us. I agree. But I think that's a good place to actually end it now that we're approaching over an hour here. So, um, yeah, thanks. That was our topic on climate change. I'm sure we will uh, talk about this again. Well, we are in the summer. The hurricane season's right around the corner. Yeah. We, we will be having this conversation again and i can i'm willing to put good money down uh that we will have it again this year when it comes to some big hurricane that's going to hit or some natural disaster somewhere caused by climate change hard, hard, um, hard to ignore hard to ignore yeah yeah so thanks so much for everybody for listening to this episode of the socialist agenda my name is jb i'm joined by john you can follow us on all the socials that, that we have uh links for all those are in the description of this podcast we also have a patreon if you wanted to listen to this live like john and i are recording this now and you could have been sitting in a room listening to us how cool would that be so you can find out how to do that on our patreon um links for that in the description john where can people find you uh the that'll channel i i live stream 6 to 9 p.m eastern standard time every weekday please join we've got a wonderful growing john you still there yep okay lost you after growing but uh he has a wonderful growing channel uh so you should go check it out because it's it's good stuff uh my name is jb you can find all the links to my stuff in my link tree down below uh my main source of entertainment for you all is my tiktok where i also go live on tiktok every day every single day now the time is changing because i'm, I'm working now so my my live times my interview with john's live times sorry john but how dare you? uh how dare you? Um, but hey 
when I work till six, I, I go online at seven thirty. But that doesn't matter. Uh, pick who you want to pick. We we're both good people, so um, that's where you find me. This is the Socialist Agenda, and uh, John, I will talk to you tomorrow, or not tomorrow, next week. Oh my really? god, I'll talk to you next yeah. week. Thank you.